Welcome to the Jeff Rimbo Show, and this is a special one kind of for me because this is one of my all-time favorites right here. And if you're a fan of the Dallas Cowboys, the Buffalo Bills, or just an NFL fan, you've watched this guy catch for over 5,000 yards in his NFL career. That has been, I guess you, I don't know, how how would you describe your career, Cole Beasley? Um... I don't know. It was, you know, when you first come in as an undrafted free agent, it's kind of like you think of it in a different way. I know where the how many years you got to play for the pension. So I was telling my wife when I first got in, I was like, hell, I just want to make it four years. <laughs> you know what I mean? But but, you know, then it, it turned into what it is. And um, I got a lot of great opportunities, made a lot of plays. So I got to stick around a little longer. And, you know, I'm still trying to stick around a little bit longer. OK, now. I got to tell you, man, it's been fun for me because now I'm back in college football and I'm looking at tape, right, of high school kids that, you know, we're trying to recruit at the University of Hawaii. And damn, if there isn't a kid at Little Elm High School, which is where you went to school. (laughs) But I'm watching the tape, bro. And I'm like, it's not Cole Beasley Field. I don't see a statue uh, of you outside the stadium. From Little Elm to the NFL, what a ride, what a journey. I mean, you were not exactly the highest recruited athlete on the planet when you were no. coming out at Little Elm, correct? And I, I still got a story about that. I remember with you. Um, so my first year at SMU, it was one of the first. I don't remember if it was the first practice, but it was one of the first ones. I was running routes, and you're my receivers coach, right? And then... I just ran around, I caught a ball, came back, and you came to me. You were like, hey, man, what's your name? And I was like, Cole Beasley. He was like, are you on scholarship? And I was like, yeah, coach. <laughs> but I was like, I, because I was I was there with – I was recruited by Phil, and then June got the job, and y'all came over, and, and he kept me. But you had no idea who I was. <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, there's so many things that we could laugh and talk about in this, but I want to kind of – because there are a lot of kids out that listen listen to this show and and to know that you know it isn't always about how big you are it isn't about your measurables or where you went to school or any of those things you played high school football for your father mm-hmm. and were an outstanding quarterback and your your opportunities to go to college consisted of go to air force run the wishbone yeah go to U- university of louisiana monroe mm-hmm. or come to SMU and you chose SMU and again you were probably at the back of the line in those that first spring when we got together and and uh and you were playing receiver but it didn't take long before you started to separate yourself from the other guys because you you were gifted with some pretty rare traits and your short burst quickness which I think has been the thing that has kept you in the league and and made you such a unique slot receiver in the NFL you could see that very early on I remember this one all right I'm gonna tell a little story now at SMU it's a big deal this the uh intramural basketball is a big deal right (laughs) and I don't know if you remember this but Emmanuel was already established on campus and he was Mm -hmm. kind of the alpha male on campus and you guys were playing against Emmanuel's uh hoop team in the in the you know, SMU tournament, right? Intramural tournament. And he, you got him in the open court 
and did a crossover on him and damn near broke his ankles. I think he went to the ground on, and I just remember everybody going, Ooh, that little white kid, he got some game. <laughs> yeah. He, I, I don't know if it was a tournament, but it was a pickup game for sure. Uh, I just gave him, it was actually like to win the, the game or whatever. We, uh, I gave him a little crossover. He slipped a little bit and then his jump shot. I think, I think that was when I got the respect from him. Um, not until that day. So that was probably after the season. <laughs> I didn't get his respect. It took me a whole year, but I, I finally got it. Yeah. Um, but no, it's just, I'm super competitive in basketball was, was probably, you know, I'm probably more competitive in basketball than football. Honestly, I would talk so much, so much shit in that. I, I, hey, um, you were, you were never shy about talking shit now. <laughs> No, no, but the basketball, I guess I, I get heated out there. So I don't know. I love basketball. That, that's probably where the short area quickness came from a lot. I, Cause I spent a lot of time playing AAU. So I really took that to playing receiver. Cause I didn't really, you know, SMU, it took me a while to really learn how to play receiver there. It's probably not till my third year there to where I really started having, you know, good, real success. Well, you know, when you were coming up, you were a multi-sport athlete. Right. In this day and age of specialization. And now that you're a father of an athlete and I've already got dibs on ace. Right. I mean, I've mm -hmm. offered him a full ride already. I, I'm going to be his agent. Yeah. Are you going to is he going to specialize? Is that what the path he's going to take or are you going to get him playing in multiple sports? No, uh, he's going to play multiple sports for sure. And he wants to, you know, and, you know, he's a kid. He's only seven. So. I don't want to wear him down doing just one thing. I feel like, you know, you got to love it to make it as far as, as I did. So without that, it's, it's impossible to get there. So, you know, some of these, some of these kids that maybe just play one sports, it's a, it's a grind if you're doing it year round. And then also, you know, I've heard of kids who play baseball year round and they're, they're already hurting their shoulders just because they're throwing so much. It's just, I don't know. And I think, Playing multiple sports helped me. Like, if I didn't play basketball, I don't know how I would have figured out how to play receiver, honestly, because um, I hadn't done it at all until I got to college. I didn't do it seven-on-seven seven or anything in high school, so I was just always playing quarterback. So it was kind of like a, a thing I had to learn, but playing basketball and, and different movements, you know, helped me with football. So um, I think it's important for kids to do a lot of things. You know, each sport requires something different, and that's going to make them an all-around better athlete, in my opinion. So, um, you know, right now he's played soccer more than anything, but I don't know. We didn't play soccer this time. Now he's playing baseball and flag football. He's only played baseball and football probably two, two or three times, two or three seasons, you know, like that kid will play tennis. If I let him, he'll wrestle, he'll box, he'll do whatever. <laughs> Boy, he sounds just like his, he sounds just like his dad. All right. Now I want to unpack your career. I want, uh, again, we're talking about taking you back to the SMU days. And I remember there were some, I think, really pivotal points in your career, right? And I remember your freshman season, right? And we were struggling. We'd come in. It was a, The program was at the bottom of the barrel. We'd come in. We're instituting a new offense. It's, not, it's way different than what anybody had done. We're playing Tulsa at home in your, in your first year. And we're late in the game. And we run, I think it was the goal, I think. And it, it was, uh, it was, it was the one where we run like a big box fade from, uh, from the slot. I don't, I, we might've called it army or something. Or like, no, it was, it was like was a, 
Inside Fate? Yeah. All right, that was Army. Yeah, Army. That's that's what the play was. Yeah. Right. So, quarterback puts the ball on you, right, and you drop it. It's it was a perfect throw. Yeah, we could. <laughs> it was a throw to win the game. Like like there was like 15 seconds left to go in the game, mm-hmm. right? And I remember thinking to myself at that time that you know what we're gonna find a we're gonna find out an awful lot about who that kid is right. when he shows up to practice on Monday. And you were able to take that negative experience and I think use it for fire because you didn't dwell on it. You didn't, you didn't, didn't make you timid. It didn't back you off. It actually, I think, helped you become a better player. Uh, it definitely did. And not only we hadn't the, the only team we beat that year was a D1 AA school. And Tulsa was undefeated and ranked when we were playing him. And we had a chance to beat him. And he dropped a dime. He was in the end zone. And I remember just thinking, because we, we always talked about catching the ball there, right? Yeah, hand selection. And I remember I was I was thinking, I was like, do I catch it like that or do I catch it like this? It was it was that thinking in my head that I I think that made me drop that ball. Um so it just that kind of taught me. And you can't you can't think at all when you play. You just got to play and react. You know what I mean. And then I was hurt after that game. I remember crying in the locker room. That shit was yep. tough. Um, yep. So I dwelled on it that day. But after that, you know, I knew I had to find a way to bounce back for myself, my teammates, and then you guys also. I you know I wanted I wanted to have to instill that belief in my coaches. You know to come back to me. So the only way I know how to do that is grind and. And I got to come back and make plays. And, you know, that's been the – I tell guys all the time. I tell my son this all the time, too. I was like, everybody has bad plays. It's how you come back from them um, nope. that makes you who you are. And that's how – like, that's the guys that stick. The ones that can make a bad play and come back and make the play that they need to later are the ones that stick around and, you know, break through. So that was kind of like my deal after that. So coming back from that – drop from that heartbreaking experience, right? One of the things that I think separated you, Emmanuel, Aldrich, all of the guys, all those great players we we, played with at SMU, is you guys were willing to put in the work to get to the highest level that I think an athlete can reach, where you have unconscious competence, where you don't think about, should I catch it here or should I catch it here? It's just a, it's in such so ingrained in your skill set that you just go out and play free, but that takes an incredible amount of work. And I can I can remember throwing balls to you till my arm fell off. Then we moved to the jugs machine and we shot you jugs balls and we bounced those little half balls off the stadium wall every day for twenty five catches before you went in. You guys had an unbelievable work ethic, and I think that is one of the reasons why all of you guys were able to make that transition from SMU to the National Football League. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know many guys who made it to the league that don't work, but you know, it takes it takes that and more once you get there, but um I think SMU helped me a lot being there for, you know, watching a manual also helped me kind of learn how to work. Cuz one thing and Emmanuel still had that last year in Buffalo. I mean, he was a 
he's 34, 35 year old man still out working the young cats. You know what I mean? So, um, I think I, I mean, I got a lot from my dad. My dad helped me with that coming up. Um, but then also just watching Emmanuel and having those guys to, to look to once you get to a place helps a lot. Um, but at the end of the day, it's your choice whether to follow in that in that footstep because there's a lot of guys who saw it and didn't do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, it's kind of just that love and that want to and, you know, wanting to be – I really – in my my head, I thought I was better than everybody. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I don't I, – that's nothing. I, you know what? I tell people that all the time. I said when he looks in the mirror, he doesn't see a 5'8 white kid. He sees a six-two stallion. That's and that's the way you've always played. <laughs> I mean, I see it, but it didn't matter to me. You know what I mean? Because I because I knew I knew there was nobody out there who was ex, in it, as explosive and as quick as I was. So I knew it didn't matter how fast they were, how strong they were. Like I was going to be way quicker than them, and with that, like there's nothing they could do if I used it the right way. Um, so the work the work was one thing, and then experience um, playing helped me a lot. Because, I mean, I got benched the first game my freshman and sophomore year there because I had some – I was playing slow my freshman year. And then the – because I was trying to figure out how to play. You know, I went from a quarterback seeing everything and, and trying to run to having to catch the ball first. That was a bit of a transition. But, um, you know, experiences and, and running that offense, I think you can't run June's offense thinking at all either. That's kind of a – like it taught you how to play without thinking as well. Because I didn't start having success until I started just reacting, and I wasn't worried about all the options I had. It was just run to space, basically. Once once I got to that, then it, it was it became easy. All right, now you have a great career at SMU. You're not drafted. The Cowboys bring you in in basically a regional free agent situation. You yeah. pass that test. You get invited to training camp. You're having a really good year in training camp as a rookie, and all of a sudden you leave, right? Mm-hmm. And the Jason Garrett wasn't having it, so they sent the posse back to Texas to try and talk <laughs> you into coming back. What yeah. was that all about? Can you talk about what that experience was all about? Well, you know, a lot of it, a lot of it just got kind of overwhelming early, you know. Um going from a going from a small town to a small college and then being in the Dallas Cowboys with uh, all that media is crazy there right and I'm I made the mistake of saying that I thought I could play a little bit more outside receiver than Wes Walker did right or Wes Walker could at the time and then they took that and spun that to Cole Beasley says he's better than Wes Walker so then I started getting all this attention that I didn't really want you know because I'm not a I don't know. I just want to play football and go home. You know, that's kind of like my deal. But um, all the other stuff is whatever. But I think a combination of that and a combination of um, like I was I felt like I was absolutely balling in that camp and I was just killing dudes. But it didn't matter. I feel like it didn't matter how good I was. I kind of saw the politics early and I had miles in front of me um, in the slot. But he, he played outside, too. And when he came in. Or when the third receiver came in, Miles went to the slot and Ogletree would go outside. But and Miles was getting paid big money. At the time, I was like, man, I'm going to have to wait like three or four years before they even let me play no matter what I do. You know what I mean? And just at the time, all that put together just kind of like 
I don't know. I didn't know if I, I really wanted to wait and I wanted to do that. Just, just practicing football, not playing games for, for three or four years didn't sound fun to me. <laughs> so so all that kind of on my shoulders, I was just like, man, screw it. I'm going home, you know. Um, but then I got home. My parents were there waiting on me. They, had, they were at my house. They drove four hours. Um, you know, as soon as I called them, before I even got there, they were there waiting on me. I talked to them for a little while. And when I told Garrett that I was going to go home, um, you know, Jerry kind of called me and told me to, to go home and think about it and then let them know if that was what I really wanted to do or not. So they, I appreciated them for giving me that opportunity to do that because my parents talked some sense into me a little bit. And then I got I got some time to just refresh and take a breath and then came back. Well, there was one guy in particular that saw the ability that you had, and it was a pretty good quarterback named Tony Romo. And yeah. he became, in, in a lot of ways, Cole, your biggest advocate early on in your career. And uncanny, uncanny how much confidence he had in you in third down situations with the Cowboys, because that's really where I think the whole thing blossomed. Yeah, because I was inactive for the first couple of games, but you know I got an opportunity to do a lot of go against the ones and scout teams and stuff. And I remember Rob. Rob was one of my favorite guys, Rob Ryan, and he always made the comment. He's like, "Dude, you're out here killing our defense. I don't understand why we can't use it on offense, right?" <laughs> so, so, so then finally, you know, you know, Garrett had kind of kind of told me like the week before that to be patient and they were going to kind of, you know, figure out some ways to use me in third down situations. And, um, you know, Romo would make similar comments to what Rob was Ryan, uh, Rob Ryan was, was making. So then I finally got my opportunity and I would come in and just empty probably four or five plays a game and run a little option route, get a first down and come out and maybe do it again later, you know, but, and that was honestly, that was probably the hardest part of my career. Um, just because, I was coming in four or five plays, but on those four or five plays I was coming in, they were throwing me the damn ball. So I, I was like, I either got to win or I'm not going to last very long. So there's just so much pressure put on uh, one individual play. So that shit was – it was nerve-wracking. It was stressful at the time. But um, I'm glad I came through, and I'm glad Romo had faith in me and he would he had the confidence to come to me because, uh, you know, he helped me kind of get started. You know, I don't know if I ever told you this, but um, I was talking to Orlando Scandrick, right, mm. who was the really – I mean, he played slot corner. He was really, really good slot corner for the Cowboys. He's, yeah, he's one of the I, best I've played against. Yeah, and I asked him, I said, Orlando, who, who's the toughest slot for you to cover in the, in the National Football League? And he looked over and pointed at you. He said, that's the <laughs> hardest guy to cover in the National yeah. Football League. And that's that's yeah. a hell of a compliment from a great player. Man, he he really got me ready for the league fast because he would give me looks in practice that I've never seen before. And he was he was so good because he was long and he was savvy and he knew how to play play to his help really well. And he had different ways of disguising what he was doing. That dude gave me so many different press looks. Like he basically changed the way that I came off the line of scrimmage, and that helped me the rest of my career. Because I didn't know if he was going to quick jam. He would fake the quick jam and then back up and then come back and jam me again after that. Like, he gave me so many different looks. He would start inside and then jump to the outside right at the snap. 
I don't know. I never saw anything like that in the game ever, right? So just him showing me all those looks, it made me kind of be more patient off the ball and make sure that they're not going to put their hands on me early. Because if they didn't get their hands on me, they weren't going to cover me, not one bit. So so if I prevented that, then I knew I would win. And he kind of taught me how to release and come off the ball. Not by – like, he didn't tell me anything. It was just the experience of going against him. It made me adjust my game. It made me better. Well, you you tear it up in Dallas. You become a star, right? You're one of the top slots in the the National Football League. And one day I I get a call from a scout from the Buffalo Bills. Right. And he wants to he wants to talk to wants to talk to me about Cole Beasley, and I, I said, I haven't coached Cole Beasley since he was in college. What, <laughs> what are you calling me for? But they were they were doing such thorough background work on you that right. they wanted to talk about your work habits. They wanted to talk about the situation where you left when you left training camp as a rookie, all that stuff. Mm. And I remember calling you and telling you that, hey man, get ready because I think the Bills are going to pull the trigger on 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 this deal. And you said, I remember you telling me, well, I hope they hurry up, right? And, <laughs> yeah. and they did, and they they paid you a bunch of money, and you went to Buffalo and, again, brought that incredible short burst quickness. And not just the, not just the football player, but all of a sudden I'm watching the Bills film, and I'm seeing there's the go route, and here mm-hmm. comes the divide. And you, they actually put what I, I heard was described as the Mustang package, a series of plays that you taught Brian Dable mm-hmm. from our offense at SMU. Yeah. Um, so I tried to get Dallas to run these plays for, for years, but they wouldn't do it at the time. Uh, I was trying to get the go route in. Um, kept telling me you couldn't do that in the NFL. It would take too long. I was like, man, it doesn't take that long. It's, you got two guys that know know what they're doing. It's not going to take long. But I finally got to to Buffalo, and Dayball was cool as hell, man. He would, if I gave him something, he's like, I don't know. He's like, we'll try it. If it works, we'll put it in. <laughs> you know. So uh, I gave him June's number two, um, so he could talk to June a little bit. I guess that made him feel a little bit more confident. You know, other than just hearing it from me, I'm sure he's heard a lot of stuff from receivers um, in his coaching career. But um, yeah, he put it in. And I had I've had like three or four touchdowns on that route since I got there. Um, it was so much fun, and Josh was Josh was great at it. Um, he's the perfect quarterback for it because he could just kind of he kind of sling it no matter where his feet were at, you know, and get yeah. it there. So it worked out. But yeah, it was it was awesome to have some input, and and, and after the go route started working, he started putting in the switch and all kinds of stuff. So we had a lot of the the offense that I ran in college um, there, and it was it was awesome. Talk about what it's like to be in Buffalo, right? You, you're America's team, the Cowboys, right? Mm-hmm. You're a Texas kid. That had to be almost surreal. You know, a North Texas kid too, right? Then you go all the way to frigid Buffalo, right, which is a complete culture change. What's it like to be with the Buffalo Bills? and build mafia and the whole deal man it was when i first got there it was it was so much fun and it was awesome man it was it was so different because it was in like a smaller town there there wasn't as much you know distraction outside of the building so we were always hanging out and i feel like it just 
enabled us to be so close as a team and as a unit. And I knew, you know, if we were doing that, there was a good chance that we would win. You know what I mean? Because if you really care, if you truly care about the guy next to you, it makes you, you know, play harder than, than what you would if you were just playing for a job or playing for yourself. You know, it, it takes the takes the team to another level. So, and it was just awesome to, you know, go to places where, I don't know, it's like the players put it together, but there'd be coaches there and their kids, they'd have bounce houses for the kids and stuff. So my kids absolutely loved it. Um, my kids actually didn't want to leave Buffalo for a while. Is that right? I mean, yeah, they're good now, but at first they were like, dad, we want to stay here. <laughs> but I was, I was like, man, we're from Texas, but, um, but the fans are crazy. The fans were awesome. I started jumping in the crowd after every touchdown because it was they would spill beer all over me. It was it was awesome. They were so loud, energetic, jumping through tables. It was cool as hell, man. Well, you know, you, you talk about the closeness on that football team. And one of one of the things that was really cool for me was you guys go to Dallas early in your time in Buffalo mm-hmm. and you have a great game and you beat the Cowboys. And in the locker room after the game, they actually pick you up. And, like, it's yeah. a gigantic mosh pit in the locker room, and they're passing you around the locker room. What was what was that all about? They they knew they knew how bad I wanted that one. Uh, but I don't know. The way I felt like at the time um, when I was coming out of Dallas, I went to Buffalo because I wanted more opportunities, and I feel like I earned that. Um, to play a bigger role, and you know, receivers, we want the ball. You know, what I mean, we want we want a lot of opportunities, a lot of catches, and I felt like I could do way more and help out way more. Um, so that was kind of why I went there. And then, I don't know. I I knew if if someone paid you big money, you were getting the rock. That's kind of how it works in the league, right? And I just felt by the money they were offering when I was coming out, it was disrespectful. So I feel like they didn't appreciate what I did as much as I thought they should have, I guess. So when I went to Buffalo, I wanted to beat their ass. And <laughs> 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 show, them, show them what I what I could do with more opportunities. And I felt like I did that. When you scored in that game, that was that was a moment now. I'm, I'm just telling you, that was a moment. And to do it down there in front of Jerry and the whole bunch, that, that had to be crazy. All right, now. You told me something the other day that made my made me feel good about the world, right? You said you're not done. You're going to continue right. to play, right? Yeah. And can you tell us what your plan is or where we're at with the whole thing right now? I'm right now. I'm just training and being patient. You know, there's been offers, but they haven't been quite where I want them to be. And I feel like now they're kind of banking on me to hurry, but I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't know what their thought process is. Um, I mean, it's getting it's getting kind of later where we're getting closer to the season. I want it to be the right situation. I want to go somewhere where there's a veteran QB, um, and where I can get some opportunities. Um, so really, and I don't. I don't want to go back up north. Um, just dealing with with the last two years up there was was kind of something I don't really want to deal with anymore. So um, I just want to get back to football and get back to playing football. And now I'm just being patient and waiting for the right spot, really. How long will it take you to get ready to play? 
you know your body. You've been you've done this for you know almost ten years now. Mm-hmm. How, how long would it take you to? How much do you miss? Would you like having missed the whole training camp? How long would it take you to learn the offense, get up to speed, and go? Oh, learning learning the offense would be the easy part. Um, you know, I've I've been I've actually had longer to get my body healthy, which has been a positive for me. Um, since I haven't been, this is the first time I've never been in a training camp. So it's, it's a positive as far as getting my ankles and, and my hips, my neck all healed up and everything that I was having issues with um, the last few years and just playing slot over, over time. So that's been a good thing. Uh, still been running routes. I train every day. So, you know, once I get in there, it's really just, you know, getting timing down with the quarterback, him getting used to my body movements and, and my body language and, just getting used to stacking days, running routes, and going against the defense. I would say, I, don't, I mean, I don't know, probably a week or so. <laughs> you know, once I'm once I'm just doing it consistently and playing playing against the defense, it won't take me long. You know, it's kind of like riding a bike for me at this point. Uh, so, I don't know. It's really more important just for the quarterback to see my body language than anything. Yeah. Hey, take us to your music career because – Again, that that is a part of Cole Beasley that a lot of people don't really know about. But you're passionate about your hip hop. You're passionate about your rap. You you put stuff on tape, right? Talk to us about how that all came to be and where you at with your music career. And can we get a sample or two? Yeah, yeah. I've always I've always done it, man. Um, you know, I was I was low key about it. You know, not everybody's too fond of hearing a white guy rap, so. Uh, you know, I don't know Eminem. Eminem did pretty good with it. Well, yeah, he's like the he's one of the very few, you know. But uh, and honestly, at this point, I don't even care if it's rap music. I really just like creating stuff and and you know, kind of putting some emotion um, on a record. Whether it's like I'll make I'd make rock music, I'd make country music at this point. I'll pretty much do anything. I do reggae, dude. I don't even care. You know what I mean? So. Um, and there'll be times where I can finally experiment and put a lot of time into it, into it. I haven't been able to put as much time as I want to as of right now, just because of football and kids. And so it's hard to juggle all three of those things at one time, but you know, I've still been able to do it some, um, love doing it. It's fun. And it kind of gives me, it's almost like when I make a song I'm proud of that week, it kind of picks my week up too. Um, uh, I don't know. It makes me feel better in other aspects of my life as well. So um, it does a lot for me. It's kind of like a therapy as well. So I've enjoyed you got, it. You got a studio in the crib? Not not here. I had one in Buffalo, um, but I don't have one here in Texas right now. You'd think I'd have one in Texas, but I'm actually in the process of moving to another house in Texas to get some more space and some more acreage. So once I get there, I'll have one eventually, but I don't have one right now. I kind of just have a closet, I'm old school. <laughs> All right, now you coach your son, right? Mm-hmm. Now this is this is this is beautiful for me, right? This is I love this because I know how much fun you were to coach, but also how frustrated how frustrated <laughs> you could be at times. What's it like coaching your son? The same. Um, <laughs> I, I love I love doing it, man. But he's the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, man. He's just like me. He's hard headed. He kind of wants to figure out things on his own. Um, 
and it's it's hard because I'm like, dude, I'm like, why don't you just listen to me? I've done it for a living for a long time. Like, if there's anything in this world that I know something about, it's football, dude. But he doesn't care, you know. He he'll he'll listen to other people before me. Um, but it's awesome to watch him grow and you know because he he started playing flag when he was. I mean, it's only I guess he was six, but he's only played like three seasons, but. From the first season and now, just watching how much his body's grown and how he moves, it's just cool to kind of see, you know, the process of them picking up things and, I don't know, getting better at hand-eye coordination, just the little things you, you watch them do, just getting older helps you with. It's just been, you know, a joy just, just watching them grow, man. When we were talking the other day, you told me that he's a defensive player. He's got a defensive mentality. He wants to smash everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He does. He does right now. I mean, he he wants to play receiver too, and he even wants to play little quarterback. But I think he's he's his happiest when he's running into people, honestly. <laughs> and and you know, he's always been like that. You know, I'll tell you a story. Last year, I broke three ribs um, against Miami, and it took. It was like week six after that. About six weeks later my ribs started feeling better. So that whole time I, we hadn't wrestled. I wrestled with my kids a lot because we have a lot of fun. Um, we wrestle in a bounce house and stuff. So six weeks later, my ribs started to feel pretty good. Um, I was messing with my, my five-year-old named Everett on the bounce house. And then H just came and speared my ass from, from like behind <laughs> right in my back. And the wind, like the wind left me and like my ribs, like when you break your ribs, a lot of times when you sneeze or, or you just breathe in real heavily, you lock up and you can't. Like it's like it goes away and you can't breathe, right? So that's what happened when he hit me. And then I didn't I didn't tell the trainers this, but I went to the trainers and I was like, this is like maybe a week or two later. And I was like, hey, man, you told me six weeks. I was like, my ribs still hasn't healed yet. Like it still bothered me. So I get another MRI. They're like, hey, your ribs are healing up fine. They said, but you got like something new. You got like, a, you have a chip bone. You got a chip bone in your spine. Like you took a hit or something. And I hadn't taken any hits in any game. And I was like, I know exactly where that came from. <laughs> look, this little dude chipped a bone in my spine, dude. <laughs> but hey, he, that's he has, beautiful. He has seven-year-old son puts NFL player on man, his reserve. <laughs> he, well, he has no. He has no like caution, like. I don't know, my, my five-year-old, he'll kind of run up to you. Like, I'll tell him to come tackle me. He'll run up to me. He'll kind of brace for it. and He'll slow down right before he hits me. My seven-year-old does not do that. He'll run full speed and won't slow down. He's just, like, running through you. So he's he's got a little bit more aggression than I had uh, at his age. So, yeah, he, he loves contact. Hey, man, it's been great catching up with you. Uh, again, I hope we get a chance to do this again sometime as soon as you sign with whoever you're going to sign with. And, and I know whatever football team you go to, you're going to make them better. And uh, you, know, there's, you still got a lot of game left in you, Colby. Yes, sir. I think so, too. All right, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. All right, man. Thanks for having me.